Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Aminatu So. And I'm Ann Friedman. And we are back. We, I mean, we're back. We're back in a big way. <laughs> I mean, we always do everything in a big way. I think like we're big ladies and it's very, very good to be doing this again. I have missed doing this. I know. And it seems the internet has missed us doing this. So thank you for showing us so much love while we were on break and checking out our back catalog. Love and pressure. <laughs> Yes, love and pressure. You know, I was telling you earlier, this is now I know a little bit how Rihanna and Frank Ocean feel like they can't go out. People are like, where's the album? You promised. You promised results. I know, you know, and to be fair, we said we'd be back in October. It's still October, y'all. Oh my God, under the wire. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never not kept a promise. I mean, I don't feel like I can actually declare that I've never not kept a promise, but I do feel very good about keeping this one, even if it's only technically speaking. Fine. I never not kept a podcast promise. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast promise. Way to keep me honest. What have we been up to? Do we want to talk about that? It's been a couple weeks. I mean, mostly we've been taking some time off, uh, which was good, you know? like It's like how at all those companies with unlimited vacation, like, people never take their vacation. I'm a big proponent of taking some time off, but we've also made, like, a couple of tiny changes that you might notice. So I guess first up is that we joined this really fantastic podcast network called Acast. Which is very, very exciting. It kind of means that we are growing up a little, like podcast-wise. We are getting some support, which is incredible. Yeah, shout out to Caitlin Thompson, you know, the like fourth in our lady coven now. It's true, the coven is expanding. This podcast 100% brought to you by women. Uh, And which it feels very, very good to say that. And that was something that we thought about a lot when thinking about how we wanted to get formal and get some support for this podcast. Like, how can we keep working with women? So that's awesome. Exactly. You know, and and we took a lot of meetings and in some of these meetings did not meet a single woman. So like, please know your audience, um, other people. But it was really fascinating how, you know, like this process for us also replicated a lot of professional processes that we go through. Oh, totally. And some of it was really LOL. And some of it was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. And I mean, maybe we should also explain like what is different now that we are working with this network. In some ways, lots of things are the same. Like actually the core thing, which is just you and I bumbling through our technical problems and <laughs> having yes, a conversation. That will never, like that will never change. Have no fear. Probably the main thing that will change is that every once in a while you will hear an ad on this podcast you know, because mamas are trying to get paid, you know, and and a couple of um, segment changes, and we'll try to be more consistent about a couple of things. But otherwise, yeah, it'll still be your same two favorite fools talking about the same foolish things. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And also on a note about sponsorships and advertising, if anyone listening to this has, say, like, some kind of red wine import company and wants to underwrite this weekend menstruation. <laughs> or if you guys are like, we, we love XYZ advertiser and want to hear from them. I mean, I think that we have our own dream list of products we actually want to rep. 
Exactly. And we're trying to make this as painless as possible for everyone involved. So let us know. Because let's be real, if we have to read an endorsement for something that we dislike, you will hear it all over our voices. (laughs) Um, And let's be real, we're not going to read an endorsement for anything we dislike. Exactly. Like, it, it wouldn't be possible anyway. So... Perfect. Um, so yeah, well, and and um, Acast has an app that you can use, and that is separate from the iTunes podcasting app. I mean, downloaded by all means. Acast, A C A S T. Oh my god, I can still spell. You did it. You did it. And also, it just occurred to me listening to you spell it that like we both have A names, and we now like work with Acast, and I just. I'm I'm loving that right and now. And the Illuminati touch was all over this deal. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Illuminati symbol actually kind of looks A-like, you know? Exactly. Let's get into the meat of this podcast. We've missed so oh many things. Oh my God. Things, we can't even you know catch what? up on all the things we've missed. We can't catch up, you know, like sometimes you just have to declare bankruptcy, but there are a couple things that we want to touch on. So let's do a quick rapid fire. Of some of the many, many things that we've missed. Let's do it. Okay. First up is our girl Hillary Clinton sat through 11 hours of Benghazi hearings and came out looking like a boss. I know. I mean, that's how you know that woman has worked in government a long time. Like, just the ability to to sit through endless meetings and come out still looking and sounding like the better and, like, more accomplished person. Right? It's like all these, like, incompetent Republicans try to make her look bad. Trey Gowdy just looks like, you know, that, um, that dude from Texas... He just looks like a terrible, terrible Disney villain. Like, a Disney villain come to life. No upper lip, like, awful slicked back hair. And she just dominated him. It was amazing to just watch her sit there, be really calm, be the expert, but also, like, not take their shit. How many times did they interrupt her? And she made these, like, amazing faces the whole time. There's an amazing picture of Hillary Clinton in the Times where she's just looking up at the AP photographer and she's surrounded by all these other paparazzi photographers and she's just smiling. Yep. And I'm like, yes. Right. Not the like, will someone save me from this interrogation look, but can you believe the shit I have to put up with look? It's so good. I know. You know, and the best part too was, I think it was on, she like did this interview with Maddo afterwards or it might have been with somebody else where they were like, what did you do to celebrate? And she was like, we had beer and Indian food. And I was like, yes. I like that she's pulling back the curtain on the snacks now fully. I know. She made all those men look like fools. I also got to say there was there was a great post on Jezebel about just what it looks like when a panel of visibly angry old dudes all line up across the table from a woman who is just like left to answer their pointless questions for hours and hours and hours. Oh, yeah, Cecile Richards, too. Exactly, mm. Cecile Richards. And, I mean, this is, like, what, two in the past month? Two since we've been on break alone. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. I would like to see how, like, any one of those dudes was able to continue thinking, like, oh, this is actually how I should respond to this. This is the right time to make a gifable face. Like, I don't know. I feel I feel like uh, I, I would not hold up that well under 11 hours of questioning. That was total bullshit. You know, I was honestly thinking about this. I was like, personally, me, I would not go. Congress can impeach you, but the fine is like $100. We can afford that. I would just say, like, F y'all. I don't need to be here. 
But, you know, Arbu is running for president, so obviously she had to be there. But it's so annoying, you know, like, it's so annoying to watch people who kind of have no repercussion on your job performance criticize you. Yeah. <laughs> and people that you know are bad at their jobs. That was the other thing. Right. It made me very happy to watch that because I started off being really cranky and, you know, it devolved into like 11-hour Twilight Zone marathon and she just dominated every step of the way. Right. And I also think that there was also that New York Times article about how this investigation is explicitly about trying to drag all of her emails into the public, which, like, fair enough, the emails should be public. But, like, it's really about trying to get ammunition against her as a political candidate as opposed to actually investigating what happened uh, in Benghazi. You know, if there were any questions about that, watching even like 20 minutes of the hearings would make you like go, oh, yeah, like this is a total waste of time. This is not what it says it's supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. You know, you could so tell that they were shopping for attack ad material. Right. That's basically what everything was. You're, you're just like, yes, I can see you trying to use this footage later. And it is very disingenuous and very dishonest, especially because we've seen all of the findings from the Benghazi report. And it's been covered extensively in the media, but Trey, I guess our Congress people don't know what's what. So Trey Gowdy, you know. I saw an article today where Trey Gowdy was like, she just keeps taking responsibility, but I don't know what for. And it was like, this seems like your problem at this point. I know. Trey Gowdy is such a dummy. Like, yes, dummy of the year. What a dum-dum. You know, but at the same time, like, see you at the polls, my man. <laughs> see you very soon. Your job situation is also very precarious. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving along to somebody else who has, you know, has had their own tiny little mini Benghazi <laughs> that is back. Uh, Justin Bieber is back in a big way also. You know, I've been a believer since day one, since the YouTube days, since before the Scooter Braun and Usher days. I am so, so, so happy that Bieber has hit this wave of, um, I call them apologetic dance bangers where he's just basically reassessing his past relationships, but also feels sorry about his, you know, kind of like douchebag behavior, which I still stand by. I was like, how would you feel if you were 17 and the entire world was watching you? So he released the song, Sorry, that I'm obsessed with. I'm trying to convince everybody I know who has a workout studio to like run a cardio class with him. I mean, the dance is incredible. The, the, the choreography in that video is incredible. Yes, this really cool woman named Paris Goebel directed, produced, and choreographed the entire video. You should watch it. It's amazing. I've been learning all the dance moves. I'm so excited. And, you know, but I'm also a little annoyed because all these people are telling me, like, oh, Bieber's finally good. And I'm like, no, no, Bieber has been good the whole time. He's just making music that's more closely aligned to your taste now. Well, like, was, please recognize that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Like, I was never like Justin Bieber is like a totally irrelevant artist. I was just like, cool, not for me, which is how I feel about a lot of things. And um, I still don't love What Do You Mean? Sorry. Sorry, controversial. What are you talking about? It's a consent anthem. I mean, not for like content EDM reasons. tropical consent anthem. Trust. I hope it opens up lots of good conversations in young adult relationships. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have to, I mean, as like a song that I want to listen to when like I am exercising or like, I don't know, waking up in the morning or any other time that you might listen to an EDM consent tropical jam. I, it just like, to, I don't know, not like my number one. I do like Sorry a lot though. 
You know what, Anne? I respect and support your opinions. It's okay. But, you know, cl- important clarification, not being like Bieber is shit. Just like, I prefer not to listen to old Bieber. Like, I think that's fair. That's fair. Nobody's perfect. It's fair. <laughs> Drake also has been putting in work since we've been gone. He, you know, like dropping some really amazing Instagram thirst traps. I like how many times do we have to see that man's like, you know, like penis muscles? I mean, I it's have this very moment distracting. looking, looking at what is the name of those muscles? I can't think. Of, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. About, I call them penis muscles. Do they have a scientific name? They probably do. But like we, this is where we need, we need like Google MD to tell us what do you call the like, the like, you know, I've been working out my lower pelvis muscles, but <laughs> I definitely had this moment when I saw that Instagram that I was like, some teenage girl is looking at this and going through what I went through when I saw the D'Angelo video, which is just like all his chest situation when I was a teenager. <laughs> and I was like, what are those muscles? I had like a flashback to teen me looking at D'Angelo. You're like, what muscles. are those? Exactly. What are those? I did not know those existed. What? <laughs> I know. Those always like scare me. I think in this family, we have talked about our love of, you know, the soft bodied man. But every once in a while, you see somebody who's like working out and you're like, hmm, interesting. I think what it does is like those muscles extend the erogenous zone. <laughs> like they just expand the erogenous zone. Like, they do. Yeah. They just draw your eye somewhere else. <laughs> That's you know? all. And I'm like, you're right. I, but I appreciate it. Drake's trainer, Ovio Johnny. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Instagram, like, will feature, you know, like, he features the workouts prominently. So it's good. But not to talk just about Drake's body because he's been putting in the work somewhere else. Oh. You know, like, release the video for Hotline Bling and it's amazing. Can I tell you how I saw it? I was on a plane, landed, and these two teens behind me. I guess assessed that we were, I looked cool enough that I could maybe help them. (laughs) And they were like, our phones died. The Drake video is out. Can we watch it? And so we watched it literally outside the plane. They're my brothers now, friends for life. I love that. Honestly, it was the best compliment I could have gotten. I love that they looked at this like full plane of like business travelers and they're like, this girl. Huge, huge compliment. Yeah, they were like, this girl in the Yoji sweatpants, like, that's who we need to talk to. Obviously, I loved it. And it's very memeable and gifable because Drake is, like, devastatingly good at the internet. Also, turtleneck and, plus Terrell. Like, I'm so, that uh, is just, like, a winning combo. Tim's turtleneck Terrell. Tim's sweatpants, like, ribbed turtleneck. Mm. I didn't even know what to do with myself. The Terrell thing made me laugh a lot because I remember this interview that he gave to Rolling Stone, I think in February, where he said, like, he actually said the words, I fuck with Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Doug, somebody went to one Lacoma show, you know, and, and everything is different now. So that was great. He's like embracing all the memes. The only thing that I will say this thing about Drake that made me really disappointed. Drake has never had a billboard number one. This is the closest he was going to get to a billboard number one. Probably by the time that this podcast airs, Drake will not be number one on the Billboard charts because he released his song on, uh, he released his video on Apple Music. Mm. Mistakes were made. it's the only place that you can watch it, which is very annoying. Small factoid I found out today on um, Fusion. 
I was very upset by that. I was like, this is, you've done such good work. You just had platform distribution issues, bro. He took a principled stand. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> like, <sighs> but sometimes it's like, don't do it for the money. Do it for the fans. Do it for the memes. Yeah, right. But it's like all of those memes and tweets and like this Fusion article said, like those don't count towards Billboard number one right. status. They didn't count my like 10 repeated plays of that song in Apple Music anywhere. I know. Further to that point, our girl Adele is also back in a ginormous kind okay, of Okay, here's a question for you. How is Talk Adele so sad? I thought she was married to that hot bear and, like, had a baby. And, like, how is she still channeling all of She's her... She's not sad anymore. I don't think that song is sad. You don't? I think that song is really sad. I don't think so. Hello from the generally sing just like transport you to a different plane of emotion and we don't know how to like <laughs> how to deal with it i mean but i think that the message of the song is that you know she's doing fine she just feels sorry for this other person the saddest hello since lionel richie though like i know it's like but are you still the saddest hello since lionel <laughs> are you still like sad about this pro- i don't know i'm like I, I question are you really over it if you're still writing songs about it even though you have this life with your like know, baby but and she's bear? like 25 now she's writing about being 23 i'll let her have it also Literally, I can hear my neighbors listen to it all day, (laughs) which makes me very, very happy. And I listened to a loop on a private playlist I made called Hello, Sorry. That's Adele and Bieber back to back, <laughs> which evens out. It evens out your um, your emotional balance. I mean, although both like sort of about the same thing. I know. You know, everybody is apologizing right now, which I really, you know, I really respect that. Take some responsibility for your life. I mean, I also have to say that that Adele video was the first time I truly felt fall in my heart. I was like, <laughs> it's looking very, very fall here, Adele. You know, yeah. like, her, like all the leaves and like the, you know, just she's always touching her face so much, which is not really a summer look. But like two like unimpeachable facts about Adele. You cannot like that woman has the tightest eyebrow game. Oh, so good. In the game. And you cannot mess with her, like, fur game. Yes. She always looks great. Also, who makes a chin dimple look more elegant than Adele? No one. Ugh, such a babe. And, yeah, she had our boy Michael from The Wire, a.k.a. Tristan Wilds, a.k.a. Mac Wilds, (laughs) or Tristan something, Mac Wilds. He's, like, a ridiculous rapper, which I loved. Also, I I love the, um, the fact that there's, like, flip phones in there. Oh, yeah. Also, I I definitely did have that thought where she's like, I called you so many times. And it's like, Adele, when you were 23, you probably just texted twice. And then we're like, no one texted me back. Repeated calls. I don't know. All of Adele's music transports you to like a time where you were sitting in public transportation and you made strong eye contact with someone. (laughs) I feel like it transports me to an emotional wind tunnel that like, or maybe that's the same thing for you. We just talk about it differently. Yeah. I'm just like that one time on the subway, I looked at this guy and he blinked twice and I can't believe we didn't end up together. Um, Two slow blinks. So good. Well, you know, it's glad to have all of these people back. Welcome back to Biebs, Adele, and Drake. Keep doing good work, and we'll keep talking about them. Oh, so good.
There has also been menstruation news. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. Minor menstruation news since we've been gone. Lots of listeners sent us a link to this thing that is essentially a diva cup, but it has some sort of Bluetooth type technology. So it talks to your phone. And I, okay, I will just read to you from the Kickstarter page because, of course, it's like, you know, they're Kickstarter funding this thing. And it says, quote, it's the world's first smart menstruation cup, and you'll love the way it tells you exactly how full it is when it's time to refresh. Your new Loon Cup, it's called Loon Cup, (laughs) will precisely track your fluid volume fluid color, and analyze your cycles. Try finding a tampon pad or cup that can do all of that. Oh my <laughs> god. Bluetooth in your vagina? I know. I know. Like, it's it's actually, it sounds like kind of the worst thing ever, where the, there's also a photo of, like, what the app looks like, and it tells you, like, how full the cup is. <laughs> do you want to know the other disgusting part of this? It means that your phone has to be in the bathroom with you and you know how OCD I am. Like that is not a No, I, I don't think it happening. is. I think it's different actually. It's like you get out your phone, you're like, hmm, like been a while since I changed my cup and check your phone like at the bar or whatever and it says, you're 60% full and you're like, all good here, can keep drinking. Like I think oh, that's what it is. You don't take it to the bathroom, you like check in on your vagina when you can't check in on your vagina, if you know what I mean. I like, I don't know. No, this is not okay with me. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I'm I'm curious to hear someone's feedback. I mean, we've talked many times about our Diva Cup feelings and everyone has emailed us to defend their preferred. People have such strong feelings about Diva Cup. And to those people, I say go with God. But I would love a review from like someone who actually really likes the Diva Cup. Like what? is up with this thing because I don't even like putting like bleach tampons up there. Like I'm going to put computer technology up there. Like it's it's like put your whole cell phone in your vagina. It's like just like screaming cervical cancer to me or something. I don't know. I know. I can't trust a tech company to make a cup that I think I will go and, you know, I'm like, if the people, the good people at OB were making this, I would think differently about this, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Loon Cup also. Loon Cup, come on. That's one of the least offensive names. The, the name is like the least problematic thing to me. I think I think that there is a lot to be disturbed by. <laughs> oh, if you are on the website, can you tell me what color the fluid is? Oh. Because if it's blue, I'm automatically going to dismiss um, this app. So there is no fluid. They just show the clear cup. Hang on, let me look at the Kickstarter. Oh, I wonder what it looks like when it's full. The app, it's just a circle that shows you a percentage. And it's like... Oh, and it's, look at this. Somebody's using infographics for good. Yeah, it's just a circle. I mean, whatever. It looks like a fertility app or something that's trying not, you know, to be all pink and yeah, whatever. Maybe we can convince somebody we know to try this for us. Right. But there's no blue fluid anywhere. It's just like red manicured nails holding a clear cup. <laughs> okay. I feel like we know enough ladies that we can convince somebody to try this. It's $40. You, uh, that's that seems that seems like a fair price point for yeah putting technology in your vagina. I mean, sure. I don't think it sounds too expensive. I'm just as an FYI to anyone who may be interested, forty dollars. But yeah, I don't know. I also feel like it's one of those things that you know they always talk about how like cars are made with more like electronic components than ever, and that's why they don't last as long. And blah blah blah. I'm sort of like maybe your analog diva cup would last longer <laughs> than, exactly than the the fancy the fancy like digitized loon cup if you try this bluetooth vagina device please write us otherwise i think i know just the lady for this job great Ooh, i'm like shivering (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like when the quantified self goes too far. Like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, we should give women more period tracking options, but also just there's a line, you know? We wanted to get an outside voice for some perspective. Today, we're talking to our pal, Andrew Golis, a longtime media mogul and the founder of my favorite <laughs> social network, This. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Will you tell us a little bit about This and what you're doing? Sure. Well, this I, the, the key thing to this is having the two of you as featured members. It probably would all be falling apart if it weren't for that fact. <laughs> this is a social network where users can only share one thing a day. And so the idea of it is to try to create a space where instead of the kind of noise and chaos you get everywhere else or the kind of clickbaity cheeseball crap, people are really able to kind of express their deep love for something that they read on the internet. And then the people who follow them and trust them, uh, people who follow people like uh, Mina and Anne can see, okay, this is someone who I think is cool, thought was like one really good thing on the internet today. And uh, it's this.cm. And we came out of our kind of long, semi-secret private beta last week and are now kind of uh, taking the internet by storm. I I have a question for you. Do you ever have a moment, I've had this moment several times, where I read something later in the day and I'm like, oh, I already spent my this for the day. (laughs) This is part of my struggle. I know. Part of my struggle. I know. It's actually, we've thought a lot about whether we should create some sort of queuing function for people so that they could like keep a little um, internal list. I hear from hardcore users all the time that they have uh, like browser folders full of stuff that they want to eventually this. Me too. And can I tell you that also I think my my only qualm with this is that it's biased towards people on the East Coast. Mm. Well, actually, it used to be even more biased because it used to be that the day... The one-a-day marker used to switch over at midnight East Coast time. But Aisha, who I think you guys know, I know Ann, mm-hmm. you guys met up at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's in L.A., um, kept emailing me and complaining because she'd get home at 9 o'clock at night and um, the day would have started for the, the whole site. So it's now 3 a.m., although the new site is going to be less biased because you see the stuff that was shared the day before still on your homepage the next morning. So if awesome. you can, Yeah, I like that. It doesn't flip over anymore. I like it so much. Everybody sign up, this.cm. Um, <laughs> Plug, so- achieve. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the to, least we can do. And you have to clarify that CM, you know, it's like, it's, it's not obvious. <laughs> That's totally true. It uh-huh. was about a million dollars cheaper than this.com. <laughs> we appreciate thrift, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> So listen, so one of the the real reason, not the real reason, we obviously want to talk about this too, but one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast is because we got this question from a listener and we were like, huh, maybe it would be nice to have a feminist inclined man help us answer this question. And so you do, you do consider yourself a feminist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I, I, I love that I'm going to have to function as the stand in for that that body of people, but I'll do my best. <laughs> we're, we're reverse tokenizing today. That's what we're doing. Hey. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Happy okay. to help. So I'm going to, I'm going to read the question and then, and you can share your infinite male feminist wisdom. 
<laughs> so uh, a listener writes, I've been dating this guy for the past month or two, and I thought he was really cool. Smart, funny, patient, introduced to me by good people. We're both engineers, and I have a lot of feelings about my day-to-day life dealing with coworkers and customers in my older skewing, male skewing industry. We've had a lot of interesting conversations about it where he has asked questions, empathized with me, actively considered how it would ever be possible to change anything systematically. Feminism and its importance to me was mentioned often. Cut to my Facebook feed this morning, where he is mansplaining all over some girl's rape culture is killing girls status. Like, quote, how exactly does rape culture kill girls? And, quote, an inherent fear of men isn't a great start to bridge the divide between the sexes, just like a fear of black men isn't a great place to bridge the racial divide. And, quote, men are more likely to be murdered slash incarcerated than women, et cetera. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh boy, right. So she's obviously horrified, and she says... Like, is there even a worse way to find out that you've been making out with a garbage monster? (laughs) (laughs) Who even gets in Facebook debates? Wow. So do you have relationship advice for this woman? (laughs) I mean, how is this complicated? Don't be with that person anymore. (laughs) Yes! I love it. (laughs) Hard line. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Unless she has some sort of, like, I don't know, it sounds to me like she's dealing with a 17-year-old boy. And so unless she has the, like decades worth of patience to let him like grow up and work through his shit then like what's the what's the point it's just like it's like a it's an explosion of all the kind of worst cliches of um of dumb blindness i don't know because you know amina always says buy low sell high but i feel like this is a really really low purchase don't buy a garbage monster (laughs) (laughs) that's not my um that's not my stance on things. You know, it's like sometimes you see red flags and you're willing to work through them. This, to me, is a red flag that I'm not willing to work through. Like, you you don't have to be somebody's mom, teacher, educator, girlfriend, whatever. Like, Google is free. You can find, he could, like, learn about all this stuff without having to date someone. Also, <laughs> also just, like, him nodding, like, sympathetically in their IRL conversations and then turning around and commenting this shit on the internet. I'm just like, that is the worst fear that, that some person in your life is going to be seem really cool. And then you find out that they've been like creeping around in MRA message boards or something. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it, cause it's the, it's, the, it's not, it's actually the tone of it. And it is, is not just that he doesn't understand. It's that he's actively trying not to understand. Right. And he's like deeply steeped into the MRA stereotypes. That right, to me, right. that to me is the fear. I'm like, man, these are all the talking points. Do they like give them out at a conference? An inherent fear of men. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great so, place to start. It's so funny to me how the anti-feminist thing is so rooted in such a profound anxiety and insecurity of these like pseudo strong men. The idea that like. Someone saying, like, life is unfair means that you're afraid of men. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, you, uh, that you, like, want to hurt men or whatever. It's such a bizarre reversal. Right. Or that acknowledging statistics about, like, you know, violence against women and who tends to perpetrate that translates to an inherent fear of men. Like, I don't... That's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sad. Okay. Well, you know, I'm doing I, my, I'm doing I, my I, part. I'm opening this podcast up to more male voices, so I feel good about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm, my presence here is proof that feminists only kind of hate men. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Small steps, guys. Uh, awesome. I'll, I'll, win, I'll win you back to uh, 
you know, non-man-hating ways. <laughs> Good luck, Andrew. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That um, was a delight. I don't feel like I really helped you on this one. I'm not sure this one, this person needed that much help. Listen, this is the dirty secret of internet help advice. If you write a stranger about your relationship, it probably means run away. Like, that's always the answer. If you have to end your reader email with garbage monster in all caps with a question mark and an exclamation point, you know your answer. Right. It's like you already know you just need validation. But a lot of times people don't want to take the hard line. And I appreciate that you took the hard line. Mm. Small steps. Okay, everybody join this.cm and thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. My pleasure. Thank you. Something that came to us disguised as the Shine Theory update, but I will soon explain to you why it is not, uh, is this listener email from someone who says they are a feminist sex positive podcast slash radio host in New Zealand. So you've really just um, called out, like, it's, it can't be that many people. <laughs> I don't know how many people live in New Zealand. Who knows? Maybe it's like an island full of feminist sex positive podcasters. It's true. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, go on. It's true, right? Yeah. So anyway... Starts off with a compliment. She does this podcast with her best girlfriend, and she always forward followers onto Call Your Girlfriend. Thank you. Then the note continues. However, I have one bugbear with the show. Bugbear, great word. And it's starting to drive me a bit crazy. It's the same thing that drove me up the wall about the whip-smart lady I went to architecture school with at RISD. Please stop saying like. It's a strange female Americanism, which is accepted in America, but to the rest of the world is synonymous with stupid women. And of course, you aren't stupid women. That's my two cents, said with love, only because you appear open to comments from your global listeners. Lots of love and shine pride. First of all, it's shine theory. Second of all, don't tell women how to talk. This is my bugbear. I completely understand that I sound like a California Valley girl. Surprise to you. That's not surprising to me. We've talked on this podcast many, 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 many times about the different ways that like women are policed for their voice and for what they say, you know, to get a little vulnerable. Like, obviously, sometimes it bothers me personally how many times I say like, but at the same time, I'm not willing to change it. <laughs> or all of my attempts to have been uh, kind of futile, kind of the other like. I don't like criticism that is wrapped as fake compliments. It's like, come out and say what you actually mean. 
Well, and I was going to say, I don't think it's a fake compliment. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what's going and on. And telling somebody that you sound stupid, even though you are smart, is, like, not a nice thing to say. No, no, no. Yeah. But, I, I mean, just the idea, though, that I, I can't really imagine a world in which I would send an email like this rather than just stop listening to the podcast if it's bothering me. I mean, if it's sort of like, if she likes what we have to say listen to what we have to say and get over the way we say it, if that bothers you. If you can't get over the way we say it, don't listen. Like, that's how I feel about it. It's like you have two options. And one of your options is not attempt to change the way that they speak by calling them, telling them they sound stupid. That seems like a not an option. Also, let me paint the scene for you. I am literally sitting here <laughs> like with a blanket on my shoulders. There is a ginormous glass of wine next to me. And uh, a vaporizer. <laughs> this is not. This is not NPR. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. I think that am I capable of speaking with no likes, um, sort of, kind of? Yeah. But that's not how I talk to my friends, and I'm talking to you. Yeah. Also, Google me. <laughs> Google me, baby. Yeah. That's the thing that really made me angry about this on your behalf, because like I am like just a straight up American girl who like lives in California and says like a lot, whatever. But there is something that in this email that also implies that you don't know what the rest of the world is like. <laughs> exactly. I'm like I'm from the rest of the world. Exactly. I just happen to learn English from people who talk like this, and depending on where I live, my accent slightly changes. You know, the Madonna problem. Mm. <laughs> But, you know, there's also this thing that really, that I think a lot of people don't understand about women who talk like us, is that at some point, too, you have to admit that it is a dog whistle. We are talking to other women who understand what we're saying. It's true. And if you can't stay on my frequency or on my level, then mm, get off it. But anyway, to this person, lots of love and shine pride <laughs> to you as well. And good luck on all your endeavors. Oh, oh. correct. Listen. On the scale of hate mail that we get, this is nothing. This was actually a very nice email. But sometimes somebody has to pay the price for everybody else. Well, I think that the difference, too, is that it's an example of maybe a misinterpretation of what shine theory really is. This is not a, like, let me talk about how great you are and work to make your work better, like, with you. It's Also, I'm sort of like, we have talked about this in how many episodes, right? Exactly. We talk about this constantly. Yeah. Oof. Um. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Another I feel, American. I feel opinion. bad. It makes me. I mean, it's totally the right thing, but I also just. I feel. I feel bad that somebody has to pay the price. But you're right. I just listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of them are, you know, obviously like male voices. And to be perfectly honest, they have the exact same verbal tics. People just don't pick up on them as much as they do with women because women's voices are mm, like very scrutinized. Right. Or they have the same tics, but the inflection is different and therefore it's not as noticeable or it's not as easy to sort of dismiss. Exactly. Yeah, completely. How can we end on a good, I know. On a good note? I mean, <laughs> I will say on an actual Shine Theory note that it is coming to sort of the opposite conclusion is this letter writer that ha is part of what makes me feel okay about saying like too much, which is hearing friends of mine and realizing that when they're saying like, or sort of, or kind of, or, um, it's because they feel comfortable with me and they're working out their thoughts and talking at the same time. And so we're like working on something together. And that's something that made me really appreciate it. I think that, you know, this is what you're saying with the whole dog whistle thing wherein it's like a way for awesome ladies 
to bond, or it can be, as opposed to like something to uh, correct in each other. Exactly. Thank you for the uh, linguistics update. There. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll make that into a recurring part of um, of call your girlfriend. <laughs> it's like a linguistics pep talk. <laughs> Yeah, because all these fillers, um, like whatever, they manifest in all languages. Oh, yeah. It's not, they're not um, specific to American English only. Right. And, um, and yeah, and if you don't like filler, you know, words, then you can always listen to a news broadcast, not us. Exactly. (laughs) They also discuss Benghazi and to a lesser degree, Adele and Drake and Bieber. So go for it. Oh man, maybe this will be our little Benghazi. Oh Let's see. no, we're gonna get we're, we're gonna yeah. Don't even say that. Hearings for like eleven hours in front of the podcast, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> if you bring the wine and there's a comfortable pillow on this chair, I don't. Care. I was just about to say I don't think you get wine if it's a Benghazi style hearing. <laughs> oh, watch me. <laughs> okay, well, thanks to everyone for listening to and us. and enduring to the, our break. Uh, you know. <laughs> To call your girlfriend 2.0. Yep. Oh my gosh. We're still on the internet where we have been all along. Callyourgirlfriend.com where you can find links to some of the stuff we talked about on this episode. Like a link to that Drake video, which is impossible to find other places. (laughs) And what else? We're on Twitter at callyrgf. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. And uh, we're on iTunes. You can leave us us a review. This podcast is produced by Gina Delbach. Gina. Good. Yeah.